Hello and welcome. You're listening to Radio Maria. This is Questions of Faith. And today I introduce a new guest on the program. It's Father Jared Mary. Hello, Father. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm very good. How are you, Father? Lovely to be with you today and a very warm uh, hello to all the listeners. And I, do I call you Friar or do I call you Father? Well, typically Father. Now, I am a Friar as well. So the Friar really pertains to the, the consecrated life element of us. So we are brothers, Friar, from Frate, from the, the Latin for brother. Um, so as a Franciscan, I live a common life. Um, a vowed common life, a consecrated life, along with other friars, along with other religious men. So in that sense, I'm a, a friar in, in, in that aspect. But some friars, uh, through discernment, um, through listening to the voice, not only of the Holy Spirit, but of their superiors, um, discern a, a call to priesthood mm-hmm. um, and, and petition uh, and work towards and study towards receiving the sacrament of holy orders and once they are ordained they're first a deacon and then a priest they come to be known as father um father for many reasons but spirit spiritually speaking um a father blesses protects guides encourages teaches um, and that's what every priest is supposed to do um he's christ has entrusted his flock, the baptized to the, uh, his shepherds in the church, principally uh, the bishops uh, in union with the Holy Father, and then the priests who help the bishop in the diocese. Um, and so in that respect, I'm, I'm father. <laughs> so right. I'm both a father and a friar. Father and a friar, a dad and a brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. Did you ever hear that riddle um, we used to, you know, these funny little kind of mind benders when when your kids, um, I, I really used to enjoy them weird. It was something like um, there's a two brothers and, oh, now I'm going to get it wrong. It's something like there's a, a father... A son, and no, oh gosh. Anyways, the, the the trick was that you had to tell how many people they were, and then um, it seemed like there were four, but actually it was oh yeah, two fathers and two sons. Um, how many people are there? Um, but it turns out there's three because it's a father, <laughs> son, and then his son, and. Well, oh, fantastic. I, I, I like those things. <laughs> I can't say I'm very good at solving them, but <laughs> I do enjoy them. I, I kind of botched that the delivery of that one, but, <laughs> but there you go. Um, so I want to just remind all the listeners what, what the purpose of, of this program is um, and encourage them to call in. It's a it's a program where we, we answer questions that, that people have either sent in or or ring in. And um, today, Father Jared Mary is going to do his his very best um, with the help of of the church's teaching and his studies mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit um, to answer any questions that we may have. The number to dial is oh one two two three three seven five five six four. I'll give it out again. It's oh one two two three three seven five five six four. And um, I wonder, would you mind saying a prayer for us, Father? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything you do for us. We thank you for having created us. We thank you for having revealed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, for having sent him. We thank you for the gift of salvation through him. We thank you for being adopted as your children in baptism. We thank you for the innumerable ways in which you sustain us, protect us, encourage us, correct us, love us. I ask Heavenly Father for your blessing upon Tim and all at Radio Maria, their ministry. I ask you to make fruitful everything they do. I ask for your blessing upon all of the listeners throughout the world. No matter what difficulties they have, what trials they may be going through, sustain them with your grace. Encourage them with your love. We ask this through the most holy name of Jesus Christ, your son, the only name through which we can be saved. The only saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the intercession of Our Lady, St. Joseph, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Clare, our guardian angels and all the saints, and today especially St. Bruno. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we glorify you, we thank you, we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was a wonderful prayer. I didn't, I didn't expect you to, to be calling down blessings on me, but I, I got more than, than I'd uh, expected, which is wonderful. So thank you, Father. You did a wonderful work. <laughs> and I'm sure our, our listeners are, are grateful as well. I have a few questions of my own for, for mm. Father Jared Mary, but... Before um, we do that, I'm going to put some music on and just encourage people to to use those phone lines. They're open and you're welcome to call in. This is Jaza Clay singing Unforgetful You. That was Jars of Clay singing Unforgetful You. You're listening to Questions of Faith on Radio Maria, a program where you can call in and ask us a question. It can either be theological, biblical, pastoral, um, ecclesial. I'm running out of adjectives. Do you have any, Father? Religious? (laughs) Well, <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good list you, you, you put you. out there. Yeah, so, so the, those are the options. They need to be related to, to the faith in some ways. We're not going to ask um, uh, any sort of um, any scientific questions uh, per se. Um, but let me, let me get the ball rolling um, uh, while, while, the, while we wait for callers. Um, so 
we had the feast of St. Francis of Assisi this week. Mm. So a very happy uh, feast of St. Francis belated um, to you, Father. You. Uh, I'd, I'd really like to know, before I ask the question, did you do anything special for that feast? You know, we did. It's one of the, obviously in our calendar, one of the, the, the solemnities that are, we look forward to every year. It's, it's a very, very special moment and, and one actually that transcends so much of the ordinary everyday life uh, because the Franciscan family is so large. Um, so what we do on the evening before the feast, so as is typical, um, before a, a major feast day or an occasion in the church, we have a fast day before. Um, so the third for, for ourselves as Franciscans, certainly as conventional Franciscans, I'm, I'm sure it's the case for the other first orders, uh, we have a fast day. So it's a day really of prayerful, deliberate preparation mm -hmm. where we, where we um, uh, deny ourselves uh, principally food, um, so that we can better enter into the, the sacred moment, really, to recollect ourselves. And then in the evening, what we have is a transitus, the, the passing, if you like, of St. Francis. And we commemorate that every year with a, a liturgy, but it isn't the Holy Mass, it isn't sacramental. It's reflections from the writings of St. Bonaventure, from Francis's own writings, uh, his canticle of creatures is put to music and a habit, an empty habit is laid before the altar and five red candles are put over the wounds, um, the stigmata, which he bore in the latter years of his life. In the last few years, he was marked uh, by the seraph um, on Mount Laverna um, with the wounds of our Lord, the stigmata. And it's one of those moments where now it's an it's an open invitation. So in in our case here in Oxford, because the conventual Franciscans have a house of formation as opposed to a parish, we happen to be uh, a very blessed coincidence, so to speak, uh, in the parish of Capuchin Friars, Capuchin Franciscans. So other first another first order of the Fra uh, the Franciscan order, the Friars. So we joined our Capuchin brothers at the local parish for this liturgy of the Transitus. Oh. And um, we have secular Franciscans who joined. So they are uh, people who live in the world, have jobs, professions, etc., but who uh, take vows to live the Franciscan charism in their own lives. And uh, uh, an incredible ancient uh, in the life of St. Francis, that this was instituted. And so the, obviously, and then the wider parishioners are all invited. And it's a really beautiful moment because there's, although we know, of course, St. Francis is in heaven now, we remember through the writings of St. Bon Bonaventure, uh, Thomas of Celano, the first biographer of St. Francis, who knew Francis personally, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, there is something when someone passes, there's, as Christians, we do believe in the joy of the life of the world to come. We believe Jesus, we take him at his word that he has gone before us to prepare a place for us with him. But at the same time, every life is irreplaceable mm. here on earth. And um, whether that's the, the most exalted of saints 
or the most hidden of parishioners, and the passing of someone into eternity, into the hands of Jesus, is a moment we like to mark. And the dignity of the human person, how they were consecrated at baptism, how they were purified and sanctified through prayer and the sacraments in their life. It's a, a moment, uh, even now, of great reflection on, on the gift that uh, God gave to the church and St. Francis and the saints. And then that prepares us also for the feast day the very next day. And so we joined our Capuchin brothers for Holy Mass the following morning. And we had a lovely uh, breakfast with them afterwards. Um, there's some wonderful uh, secular Franciscans who kindly bought the friars croissants. <laughs> so we had, we had espresso and croissants together as friars through the kindness and thoughtfulness of, of the lay faithful and our Franciscan brothers and sisters. Oh, it sounds like a wonderful day indeed. Um, and uh, I'm sure St. Francis was smiling from from his place in heaven. Um, I... Really, I, I, it was wonderful, what <laughs> to say. Yes, and I, I, I'm impressed with the fact that you have this, uh, you know, also the fasting and the feasting, and I, I'm sure that the two are uh, complementing each other really, really well. Um, we, we actually, I have a question, but we have a caller on the line, so I'm going to mm. put her through. Um, Helena. Hello. Hi. Do you have a question for Hi. Father Jared? I do, Father Jared. All right. So I'm a mom of three uh, energetic boys, and we are each night for our nightly prayers. We do one decade because we're doing a novena, uh, spiritually adopting a father. All right. So we've got that. The Ooh. boys know how to say the prayers. The youngest is four. Oh, he's five now. Oh my goodness. The youngest is five. The oldest is about to be eleven. So usually, sometimes, you know, they do it great. Uh, last night, they were just goofing off, making nasty noises with parts of their body. Anyway, is it better yes. to just say, oh, listen, stop. We, we can't focus on this. This is irrespectable of the prayer, and we're not doing it tonight. Mm. Or do we push through it? What do you think? Thanks wow, what a wonderful question. <laughs> well, first of all, Helena, I thought it was my sister calling in. <laughs> I have one sister called Helena, and I thought she probably listens to the show, so I thought my sister might be calling. Um, but, uh, well, that's an excellent question. Three young boys. Uh, you know what? I My personal feeling is this. I think there's a kind of a both and. I think you can do both. And what I mean by that is this. Um, it is always good from a very young age, especially I believe for, for, for boys, to have discipline and to have a structure. And that allows um, playtime and prayer time. <laughs> so it, I think I would really encourage you to keep to the, to the extent that is possible, to keep a regular slot and say, boys, you've had your, your, your play now, you've had your dinner, this is now for the Lord. Now, boys being boys, they're not always going to respond, especially if they've got a lot of energy. In those moments, I think my own feeling is that heaven will be looking on beautifully with a, a mother and a family trying to pray together and rear the boys. So you will be receiving so many graces just by trying to persevere, even if it's not perfect. 
So what I would say to you is this, is to have a set time. And even if that set time doesn't seem very long, for example, half an hour, make sure that uh, you just keep talking to them, that that is a holy half an hour and that that is for Jesus. And that afterwards they can have, have their play or they can let off some steam. But keep reiterating gently with the mother's love, with the kindness, with firmness at time, that this is for Jesus and that in our lives, Jesus always comes first, always comes first. And you'd be surprised, actually, when grace is at work, and it will be powerfully at work when a mother and a, a family are praying together, how the words of a mother stay with her sons their whole lives. Mm. And it's really important. One final thing I would say is that even if you feel at times that you might be failing, that it might even err into uh, disrespect, always uh, situate the faith, uh, certainly with a firmness, but with a gentleness and tenderness, so that their memories of prayer and their memories of being with their mother are something they can always treasure. So I would urge you to always err on the side of, of gentleness and of a, a quiet motherly perseverance in reiterating the simple message that Jesus comes first, this is his time now, and we'll, we'll lay aside everything else. But I really commend you on, 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 on doing what you're doing. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Father? Thank you so much, Elena, for, for that question. Was that helpful? Yes, yes. I will share one thing. We, um, we, we've grown into adding a moment of quiet as well in our prayer. And yes. Uh, the person leading it is quiet, quiet, quiet. And then we know that we're done being quiet when they say, Lord, grant us a, Lord, grant us a quiet night and a perfect end. Amen. And Beautiful. sometimes they're extra cheeky, Father, and then they'll like hold it out longer and longer. And the other one's like, ah, oh, I but even if they're tricky, my husband and I, those moments of silence is, is a blessing. <laughs> Absolutely. So they can be as Absolutely. sneaky as they want, but it's good for us. Thank you so much. And I was just going to say, if you remember me, Father Gerald, Mary, and my, my brothers in your prayers, we'd be very, very grateful. You got it, Father. God bless you. Thank you so much and have Thanks, a lovely man. day. Great. Yeah, that was a lovely question. Um, and I, I'd like to remind the, the listeners that um, we, we tend to sort of uh, have a lot of theological questions that come in, but, but questions like the one that Helena asked are, are um, more than welcome. Um, we're going to go to another, another piece of music. This is Oh, Leave Me by Delirious. When we come back, if anybody has a, a question, the number is 01223-375-564. That's 01223-375-564. You, wonderful. You, you are wonderful and you are welcome to call in um, during the song. So we can talk. Let me feel your breath. Let me know you're here. Mm -hmm. 
You're listening to Questions of Faith on Radio Maria. That was Oh Lead Me by by Delirious. Our guest today on Questions of Faith is Father Jared Mary. He's a conventual Franciscan, um, currently the guardian in Oxford. Um, I understand, Father, that the guardian is the superior of the community. Kind of that's like, correct. Like a prior. Is, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, the the unusual, perhaps, um, title was really St. Francis's desire that even the titles of, of what would be the ordinary or the superior uh, reflects a minority and a fraternity. So we have guardians, so those who guard the life, guard the brothers, and minister generals instead of superiors mm. to minister to the brothers. So... Um, but you're absolutely right in terms of 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 what it signifies it it, it is the the local uh, superior of, of the friary and i too have a, a um a custos uh, a, a for want of a better word a superior in london okay. who, who's over the other friars so i'm just the the local uh, superior or the local guardian i see Yes, very interesting. Now, the Feast of St. Francis was just the other day, and um, we had one of your friars, uh, whom we have all grown very fond of here at Radio Maria, Friar Peter Flynn, giving us a talk on um, St. Francis of Assisi on Crater, which was really, really excellent. And um, he told a story that is a very famous story, and I'm sure you could finish it if I started mm. it. It's the one about perfect joy. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, I have a question regarding that story, because mm. I, I, and I think it's one that you could probably anticipate. And uh, mm. I, I'll recap it as best I can, and you can correct me if I make any sort of mistakes mm. um, for those who don't know it. So St. Francis is, is posing the question, what would be perfect joy? Um, to Brother Leo. And he says, well, if we had um, the conversion of, of uh, you know, all the pagans and um, they joined our order and they did penance and um, would that be perfect joy? No, that would not be perfect joy. And he starts mm -hmm. going through a number of different scenarios um, describing them in all their detail and their goodness and then at, at the end of each one, he says, would that be perfect joy? No, that would not be perfect joy. Um, and then eventually he describes a situation that sounds sounds quite dire. He says, what if we were to come back from, from uh, being on a journey and we were to arrive at our, um, at our house and we were to knock on the door and the 
the porter were to say, um, who is it? And I would say, it's Brother Francis. And he were to reply, um, no, it isn't. You're some scoundrel who's who's a thief pretending to be a brother. And and he slams the door in our face and then we knock once more and, and he uh, again then throws us out into the dirt. And if we were to take that with with great joy and um, mm-hmm. resignation, then that would be true joy. Mm-hmm. Have I got it more or less right? Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. That's, that's a, a, a very good recollection of it. So now my question is this. Okay, I was... Um, I was with a friend last night. We went we went out to a pub just down the road from where I live and we were talking about mm. um uh he he was describing a situation where he had experienced um how the love of a friend could change the way his life was um and how when he was in in these situations where he he was in a strong community and people were loving towards him, um, he felt that it was easier for him to experience God's love, and mm-hmm. and that his prayer life was also encouraged by that. So now, that to me, if I put those two kind of stories next to each other of Saint Francis mm-hmm. being kicked out of his own house, um, and saying taking this with joy is is pure joy and mm-hmm. and my friend's experience of saying that experiencing love from friends actually uh you know like nourishes him in his spiritual life as well mm-hmm. how do these how do these two things relate to each other is are, are one of these things are are one of these people are somehow getting it wrong um um, um, yeah, I'm going to leave that with you. Well, it's an excellent question, Tim, really, a, a very profound and deep one. And when I was doing my studies, both for priesthood and, and, and afterwards, um, one of the things that I noticed in the Catholic literature was, and it's been acknowledged by uh, writers and theologians, is that the Catholic faith, the Catholic, uh, the, the, the teachings, when they are authentic and when they are presented in their fullest are always both and, not either or. So for example, we believe nature and grace or faith and good works, mm. Jesus and the communion of saints. Yeah. Now there are some of course, yes and no's, but that's a very important aspect of true doctrine, the true teaching of Christ, that there is a, a breadth of it, and that to understand it and to live it requires reflection and carefulness. So the very fact you've got that question already indicates there is something deeper, something truer at work. So what I would say is this. What your friend was experiencing with love and fraternal charity is what Jesus wants for us. Mm. He came to save us. And so that we could be, through imitation of him and through his grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, may treat one another as God wills us to treat each other, as he treated us. So that his, his experience of that is 
is true and points to something profound. Mm -hmm. That that is how Christians should live with one another, forgiving, gentle, kind, merciful, encouraging. However, or the both and, so to speak, not an either or, both and, St. Francis was principally about imitating Christ. And I'd just like to read you from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 9 onwards. Listen to this. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. So what St. Francis was, was getting at really was, if we are to imitate Christ, we are called to imitate Christ both in those wonderful moments of discipleship and fellowship with his, the men he had chosen to, to be with him and journey with him. But a, a part of Jesus's life, a significant part, was coming to the world that he had created and being rejected. Hmm. Was going to Calvary and dying alone and his disciples scattering. And we cannot sidestep that fundamental aspect of our Lord's life and the imitation that we're called to. Now, in heaven, Tim, that won't be part of our experience. Mm. It's an experience explicitly tied, intrinsically tied to this fallen world, to our pilgrimage of faith, to our coming home in Jesus. So it won't be part of our eternal reality, whereas the experience of your friend will be. In heaven, we will have perfect joy, perfect love, and it won't be stained by um, fallenness, cruelty, coldness. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, we must imitate Christ both in what he taught us, but also in what he experienced. And I think that's what St. Francis was intuiting, that to be truly experience true and perfect joy means that not only in the good times are we happy, but in those moments when Jesus brings us into trial, into his experience of Gethsemane or Calvary, that we find joy even in those identifications with Christ. Wow, well, that's, yeah, that's a really wonderful answer. Thank you. Right? And I think what you say about the, um, the experience of heaven you know, being one that relates to my friend's experience is is a way of thinking about it that I hadn't really considered. Um, so thank you. That was a great answer. I have one more question for you, and uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of a song by Matt Redman called The Father's Song. It over me and for eternity it's written on my heart Heaven's perfect melody The Creator's symphony You are singing over me The Father's song 
Heaven's perfect mystery The King of Love has sent for me And now you're singing over me The Father's Song This is Questions of Faith on Radio Maria and um, we're just about to bring the the um, program to an end, uh, but we have a caller on the line, Radio Maria. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. Hi. hi Patrick, where are you calling yeah. from? Uh, from Cambridge, from Great Shelford. Lovely. And you have a question for Father Jared Mary? Yes. Hi, Father Jared. <laughs> Hello, Patrick. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, I understand that uh, Pope Francis um, in the uh, the, the, the current assembly has, has raised the um, the matter of the environment again, and mm. it's a bit of a stereotype that I guess Franciscans like um, take to take, take care of uh, nature and, mm. and the planet. But I'm just wondering, um, yeah, to, how you would understand like navigating um, this, uh, whether it is a sort of uh, dichotomy between let's say, taking care of the planet and or saving the planet and saving souls, to put it bluntly. Oh, like, uh, and oh, this is, oh, I guess, a personal question because um, I used to work in the environmental sector and like considered myself a bit of an activist. And I think people like Paul mm-hmm. Kings North can maybe, um, I, I sort of identify with, with him as well, coming from also a similar background and then finding faith and realizing, oh, it's not about we, us saving the world. We, we need to be saved. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, are we watering down the message of the gospel by mm-hmm. saying, ooh, what about um, taking care of the earth, which is perishing? Mm-hmm. Or is that actually mm-hmm. fundamental to how we see our place in God's creation? Mm-hmm. Thanks for the question, Patrick. We're going to have to keep it quite brief um, just because we're coming okay. to the end of the program. But but go Thank for it, Father. <laughs> An excellent question, Patrick. I'm not sure how much you heard of the earlier uh, question I was uh, chatting with Tim, but that 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 both. I didn't, and, unfortunately. Yeah. No problem. No problem. And just very briefly, that true Catholic dogma, true teaching, the faith, always presents or is characterised by a both and. So we must, in this sense, in the environmental, we can say. Yes, the environment, because it was created by God, is important. And, however, there are other things which are even of greater importance. For example, the value of a single soul. You know, so we can and must treasure the environment as God's gift to us, but never at the expense of proclaiming the gospel or putting it above the mandate that Jesus gave us to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to go to all nations. When Catholics get it right is when they do both things or uh, well, when they take on every aspect which they are called to do, and with grace and prayer, with direction, put everything in the order that our Lord would put it in. So we, we, it's never a neither or we must save souls or the environment. We treasure the work of God's hand, but we realize actually the Lord has called us to, to baptize, to proclaim the gospel and to, with his grace, save souls for the kingdom of God. 
Thank you, Patrick, for that question. I wish we could spend more time on it, but I think that um, Father has given a, 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 yeah. a good pithy answer. Um, and uh, there's, there's several avenues we could go from there. But but thank you so much for the question. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for um, the Father, would you... Thanks, would you end with a, a prayer for us? And, and thank you so much um, for, for coming on, on Radio Maria. It's been a real pleasure for us. Oh, absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your grace, your gift of life to us. We thank you for the created work of your hands. Above all, we thank you for our lives. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the possibility of calling you Father. We ask you in this day and in this hour and in this moment now to pour forth the Holy Spirit upon the church, upon our hearts and homes. Sanctify us, raise us up, that we may imitate Christ beautifully and perfectly for the salvation of souls and the glory of your holy name. Amen. Amen.